The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm Dr. Nigel Finch. And joining me is Liron Fendel. She's CEO and Managing Director of an unlisted Israeli food tech company, Nutritional Growth Solutions. Now, I think there's many lessons we can learn from a conversation with Liron. Firstly, listeners will get some insights into the drivers of success of some of the ASX-listed companies that operate in the food tech space. Now, I'm thinking of companies such as Clover, A2 Milk, Blackmores, and, and many others. But there's also some other important lessons, such as how you go about bootstrapping a company, um, some of the dilemmas that are faced by boards when they're funding a rapid growth business, the importance of IP in building shareholder value, and also some insights into the global consumer trends in what is a very, very large addressable market that Nutritional Growth Solutions plays in. So it's my pleasure to introduce from Tel Aviv, Liron Fendel. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nigel. Thank you. Great to be here. Great. Now, firstly, can you give uh, our listeners just a, a, a snapshot, um, just to the size and scale of the business that's Nutritional Growth Solutions? Sure. Um, so Nutritional Growth Solutions, um, we have um, 12 employees in Tel Aviv and in California. Um, we've been around for the past um, four years now. Um, we, when we just started in the U.S., we started with um, $500,000 in sales in 2018, moved to $1.2 million um, U.S. dollars in 2019, uh, and we hope to do um, at least 50% more than that um, in 2020. Yeah, it's an exciting journey from, um, from that low base, but uh, I think it's, uh, this is a very interesting story, so I'm glad that uh, I had the time to catch you. So can you tell us a little bit about the unique nu nutritional products um, that your company sells? Uh, my understanding is that you're targeting these large growth markets. So just a bit about the products and how they're developed and maybe even the consumer benefit. Of course. Um, so um, the company is basically a, a junior milk formula business. And Nutritional Growth Solutions was created um, by a group of physicians in Israel's largest pediatric hospital. Our first product, Healthy Heights, was designed to address one of the most common concerns we see in families, which is growth issues in children. And the doctors have studied the effect of nutrition on growth for years until they came up with this specific formulation of Healthy Height that is now also patented. And Healthy Height was um, tested in a placebo-controlled, randomized, double-blind study um, and found to have a significant effect on kids' height. And it's basically just um, a milk formula um, with, um, it was just packed with um, protein and some added vitamins and minerals. But it's just the exact nutrition that's needed um, to maximize or optimize um, kids' um, height. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about the founders of the company, the 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 board, the clinical team? Like it's a, you, you, I know that you do have a very strong, um, you know, nutrition background in the company as well. Yeah, so I think our company is very blessed that we have um, both very um, 
expert physicians um, as our founders and um, board members, um, but also some um, sharp business executives. Um, so our founders were um, Professor Ranan Shamir, who is a pediatric gastroenterologist. Um, he was also, up until recently, the president of ESPIGAN. ESPIGAN is the European Society for uh, Pediatric Gastroenterology and Nutrition. Um, and also uh, Professor Moshe Philip, who is a pediatric endocrinologist. So together, um, they're studying the interaction between nutrition and growth phases. Um, and also we have um, some business executives. So we have Mr. Jason Green, who manages um, the, um, the US um, branch in California and who has um, years of experience um, marketing um, healthcare products um, in the US. Um, as well as um, some Australian executives, we have Brian Lindman as um, chairman of the board, uh, and many of the uh, Australian listeners may know Brian uh, from companies such as um, Reza and, and Neuroscientific, um, as well as um, Anton Overall, uh, who is also from um, Neuroscientific. Mm, well, I'm uh, very pleased to say that there's some Australian executives among your team. I understand that uh, Healthy Height has been sold under license in India since 2014, so around the time that the company commenced. Can you tell us about how this license arrangement works and why also you chose a licensing model to penetrate your first export market? Yes, so when I met the doctors um, back in 2014, they had this amazing clinical study behind them with Healthy High done, and we saw that the product was effective, helping children gain height. But they didn't have a company or a business model at that time. And when I just joined the team, um, I was sitting at a small room inside the hospital together with the um, um, research coordinators, um, trying to um, like design a plan as to how we are going um, to make this product, which I knew was amazing, and I knew there was such a big demand for it. Um, how are we going to make a business out of it? And I think probably the most natural thing would have been to go to VCs and raise money. Um, but before that, uh, we just had a few discussions um, with companies that we thought might be interested in the product because we didn't want to tie ourselves um, to the whole VC model very early on. Um, so we had um, a discussion with GlaxoSmithKline, um, who owned the um, Holix brand, or should I say owned the Holix brand because they just sold that to Unilever. But um, they were marketing this brand in India at that time. And um, we were lucky, they were just looking for some opportunities to have a brand extension to that brand. Uh, and we're very interested uh, with our product and the clinical data behind it. Um, so um, we had this, we signed this deal with them and licensed the product in India um, to GSK. They're now selling it as Holix Growth Plus. Um, and using the uh, funds from this transaction, we were able to continue our research and development and develop new products and build um, the, um, the U.S. entity and start selling into the U.S. market. So really create the business um, bootstrapping um, using the um, um, revenues from this license agreement. 
Oh, look, I think it's just a, a very smart approach. And, and like you said, you, you know, you had the opportunity to go to, for VC money, but you've chosen this licensing model instead. So can you just tell me how much capital your company has raised from investors so far? Zero. Yeah. See, I mean, that was actually a loaded question. I knew that answer in advance, but I wanted to have a conversation with you about how you've bootstrapped this business because, um, you know, the, the idea of getting a business out there with revenues, with an anchor client like GSK, for example, um, has allowed you to really go and build this business out. So can you tell us about some of the pros and cons of bootstrapping and also how far this strategy of bootstrapping can take a company? Yes, I, mean, I think there, um, as you mentioned, Nigel, there are pros and cons um, to each um, of these approaches. Um, I can tell you that for us, um, it has just been um, really great um, the opportunity to work um, with the professional team um, at GSK. Um, so this collaboration not only um, obviously funded us um, up until today, um, but also just gave us a lot of insights. Um, so seeing um, how um, the um, penetration of the Polix Growth Plus in India has gone um, has also um, given us a lot of insights into other markets. Um, obviously, have you worked with VCs? I mean, um, there are many of those out there, and I know some amazing, super intelligent people working for VCs, and I'm sure that we could have learned a lot from working with these guys as well. Um, I just think it would probably um, make um, a different company. Um, so I think we'd probably be at a different place. And I kind of like where we are right now. So I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Mm, yeah. So on the back of the Indian license, you've been able to build the business out. You've been able to target other large growth markets such as the US and China without the need to really obtain any capital. Um, can you tell us about the distribution channels that you've been able to build, including your direct uh, channel as well, um, and a little about the characteristics of each of these distribution channels? So we know about India, but what other markets and channels do you have? Yeah, so our main market today is the US. And the way we're selling the US is um, just direct to consumers. We're selling for healthyhigh.com website, as well as on Amazon. And I have to tell you, um, I love being a direct business um, because it just gives us um, this um, link, this connection to our customers. Um, we just have these um, dialogues with our, um, with, our, um, with our customers. And I think one of the first decisions that we made um, was that we're going to hire not just like um, customer service representatives that would um, actually hire um, nutritionists um, to um, to do the um, customer service so that when parents speak to us they really get um, the um, professional um, advice or a professional on the other side of the, of the call of the chat of whatever it is um, so I, I really love having this direct connection to the, um, to the customers. Um, but in addition to that, obviously that's been working for us in the U.S. Um, and that's not to say that we're not going to also um, operate offline um, in the U.S. Um, going forward. Um, but I think that as a beginning, um, this has been um, a really nice start. Um, but also now in, in China, 
Uh, we have collaborated uh, with the um, state-owned um, enterprise there to start selling um, healthy pipes into the um, Chinese market, um, which we're going to do in the um, next few months. Um, in addition to also starting um, a direct channel in China to sell direct to consumers. Well, you've got, um, you know, since 2014, so you've got six years thereabouts of um, doing business in India. You've got direct channels where you're getting feedback from your customers um, in an unadulterated form. Um, this must be very enlightening for the business. Can you tell us about some of the research and the product development that you've got in the pipeline that's really been spawned out of this experience? Yeah, so Healthy Height um, was designed for children who are three to nine years old because the original thought was that parents were just coming off of um, infant formula, which is usually um, used by some parents up until three years old. But then when parents are three years old, when parents have kids who are three years old, um, they don't really have any um, other solutions for them. Um, and sometimes um, just food is not enough to optimize um, the kids' growth. Um, so this is why we designed this product for three to nine years old. But then uh, we uh, realized that um, older kids also um, are in need of the product um, to help them grow. So we developed a new formula um, for kids 10 years old and up um, to help them to optimize their growth um, as they enter puberty, because puberty is really the last chance to catch up on growth. And so many of our customers are really struggling with that. Um, and actually, when kids are very young, usually it's the parents um, who are concerned. But as kids become um, 10, 12, 13, uh, we actually get quite a few kids reaching out to us and um, seeking solutions um, for, for themselves. Um, so um, we designed actually two different formulas for this uh, for this age group, one for boys and one for girls, because boys and girls have different nutritional needs as they go into puberty. And we're now running clinical studies um, with these two formulas. And in addition to that, we also developed a new formula um, for kids who are very active for doing a lot of sports to help them uh, to achieve better sports performance. Um, because again, we saw that many of the children um, who are very active are just not getting enough nutrients to help support both healthy growth, um, as well as just maximize their performance in sports. Um, so we designed um, a new milk formula um, with all of the um, good um, nutrients and um, um, supplements um, just to make sure that they, their body, their growing body, gets all of the nutrients it needs um, to optimize both growth but also um, sports performance. Mm. Look, I know that there's a lot of nutritional benefit to the, the product formulations, but you've also amassed a whole heap of clinical evidence as well. Is there any countries that you're selling into that look, um, you know, have approved insurance coverage for your products or... You know, is there any rebates? Yeah, so in the US, uh, we recently acquired um, a, um, an insurance billing code, um, which means that um, people who have um, insurance, um, usually private insurance in the US, um, um, they could get reimbursement under a letter of medical necessity. Uh, so it's not exactly a prescription. Um, when family goes to the doctor, they can um, prescribe um, a letter of medical necessity. Um, saying the family needs um, healthy type, 
um, and then um, they could get reimbursement uh, from their insurance company. Mm, yeah. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came into the role of uh, CEO? Yeah, um, so I was originally um, an attorney in one of Tel Aviv's biggest law firms, uh, representing biotech startups and pharma companies. Um, but I'm also a mother. And in um, 2014, um, my oldest son was three years old at the time. Um, and we were struggling with his, um, with his growth and he wasn't gaining as much weight and mostly as much height as we wanted him to. Um, so I then met the team at Schneider's, um, uh, which is Israel's number one pediatric hospital. Um, so we went there and realized that um, the team of physicians um, have been studying the interaction between nutrition and growth for so long now. Um, and have come up with this amazing formulation. And we just um, got into this discussion and we realized that there's so many parents around the world who are in need um, of a nutritional solution um, for kids' growth. Um, so uh, we partnered and when I just joined NGS, I joined as um, business development when we just created the company. And one of the doctors was the CEO but then later, as the company um, shifted focus from um, research and development into um, marketing and commercialization, I stepped in um, to the um, CEO um, role, uh, and the founders are now um, have medical um, roles in the company. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, the, you know, you saw the massive opportunity that exists. I'm just wondering if you can tell us. Um, how big the market for pediatric protein supplements is and who are some of the major players in this space? Yes, if you look, for example, at the um, market of uh, what's called grow-up milk formula. So grow-up milk formula is usually um, kids, uh, like, like infant formula, but for kids over one year old. Um, usually that would be um, 20 billion um, US dollars uh, market. If you just look at protein supplements, that would be a 10 million um, US dollars, 10 billion, sorry, um, US dollars um, market. And um, this is a massive market. And I think the um, probably the biggest uh, player in the market is Pediasure um, by um, Abbott Nutrition. Um, but we also see um, Carnation Breakfast in the US um, and the Boost, um, who are also coming from um, big companies like um, Nestle, for example. Mm, yeah. So what are some of the challenges that you faced in getting traction with the business in the United States and China? And what are some of the more recent developments that are happening in these markets for you? So um, we weren't short of challenges. Um, I think, um, as always, when you, um, when you go into a, a new market, um, it's just um, difficult sometimes to find the messaging that resonates um, with your market. So um, pretty early on, we identified that at least in the US, we have a few, um, a few different markets that we should address. One is obviously our core market. If people are just looking for something to help their kids gain height. Um, but we have others. Like the second would be um, people just looking to um, buy protein supplements for their children because um, nowadays people 
become more and more aware of the importance protein plays um, in kids' nutrition um, and uh, looking um, rightly so to supplement their kids' nutrition with protein, but with one that's um, suitable for children. And um, the third one um, would be just um, parents of the feeders. So parents of kids who are not eating um, as much um, as, as they need or their diets are very uh, monotonic, so they're just eating um, a lot of one thing. Um, and more often than not, this would be um, the same. So people like pig eaters would also be um, children who are not growing um, as much food. Um, so it took us a while to kind of understand that um, this is our market and who we should be addressing. And we did a bunch of mistakes when it just started, um, but gladly being a small um, business, um, it was a quick learning. So. And we were able to um, shift the messaging and really um, focus on the right messaging. So I just want to take stock of where you are today. You've got you've got revenues, and you've had revenues for a while. You've got some new products in the market and in development. You've developed these sales channels. You're growing the number of new territories that you're selling into. So the next steps are uh, what the larger. Um, scale commercialization and marketing to bring more awareness to the product and key markets? Is that what you're planning? Well, actually, we're planning um, growth in three pillars. Um, one is, as you mentioned, bringing um, all these new products um, that are now in the pipeline to the market, so just more products. Um, two is going from um, being just a direct business to also um, offline sales and so expand um, um, like marketing um, distribution channels. And the third um, is um, new territories. So we are now starting to sell into China, but definitely want to expand on that um, as well as to some other um, South, um, Southeast Asian markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so without wanting to put an end to your capitalism without capital streak, where you've been able to build this business, um, a very impressive business with no money, um, it seems to me the next step is likely to require some sort of external funding uh, to execute it. So how much capital do you think you need to get to the next stage of development? And where will that likely take the company? So you're right, Nigel. Um, at this point, we are looking to raise some money um, to support our, um, our speedy growth. And uh, we're looking to raise um, about $7 million. Um, and at this stage, the company um, does have an op- a number of options, although our preferred path is to seek um, primary market listing. And our preferred platform is the Australian Stock Exchange. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting to hear. I mean, I'm sure um, I was going to put that on the table anyway, but uh, how do you go about appraising that? I mean, based in Israel, why are you looking at the Australian Stock Exchange rather than, um, say, Canada or, or, or AIM in London or, or, or elsewhere in the, um, in, in the region? Yes, I think the the attraction for the Australian Stock Exchange specifically is that it is located adjacent um, to our manufacturing operations in New Zealand, um, close by to the um, growth markets in Southeast Asia, and it has a strong reputation globally as a very well-regarded and regulated um, exchange. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, and is there any particular time frame that you are looking at in terms of um, 
pursuing this? Um, so I believe um, so we are now working on it and I hope it will happen in the um, next few months. Mm, okay, that's great. So how can our listeners find a little bit uh, more about your company? So I invite the listeners um, to check out healthyheight.com um, just to learn more about the company as well as to get um, some great um, tips and advices uh, about um, keep nutrition. Great. And so if we were to check in on you again in, say, six or nine months, what milestones do you think you would have achieved? Um, so first of all, the um, expansion into China, um, which is something that uh, we really have the verge on, and I'm really excited towards that. Um, second would be um, the, um, the sports product, uh, which we really want to finalize the, um, the clinical study. Um, it was disrupted due to COVID um, because um, training was um, was stopped um, at some point, um, and I do really want to um, to complete this one um, and see um, the, the results. Um, and third would probably be um, raising money uh, for the company um, to um, to finance this road. Yeah, great. Well, look, I wish you every success. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and learn out a little bit more about this company. Um, I, I hope that uh, you do stay committed to a listing on the um, Australian Securities Exchange. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing more about it. Thank you very much to my guest, Liron Fendel, CEO of Nutritional Growth Solution, for joining us for this edition of Stock Dog. Thank you so much, Nigel.